This is episode number 86 with the Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Hello Garage, Curtis Kammerer. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses and my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often, it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, let's drop into the episode. What's up, P2F listeners? Thanks for dropping in for another episode with me today. I've got Curtis Kammerer. Curtis is the Vice President of Sales and Business Development for Hello Garage. Hello Garage is a very exciting franchise brand that I've been working with for a while now, but I'm excited to have Curtis on the show to really take us into a little more detail about what Hello Garage is, is all about. And I love having these types of brands featured on the show because I know from experience, these are not usually the types of franchises that, that most people are imagining, you know, when they first start wondering about franchise opportunities. You know, we all know that food services is a huge category within franchising. We all know that fitness and beauty and health and wellness are, are huge sectors in franchising and those businesses all have their place and those businesses are great fits for some people that are looking to invest in a franchise business, but they're not for everyone. And there's this just wide array of different franchises 
whether it's in kind of the home services category like Hello Garages or just other categories that are not as top of mind with most people when they think of franchises, but there are some amazing opportunities out there. And as Curtis will share with us in this episode, there's so much built into the support systems for the franchisees of Hello Garage. This is a scalable business. This is not a you know, what I call a man in the van type of business model where, you know, the owner may be able to make some decent money, but it's not really a scalable business. No, this, this is a perfect example of a, you know, lower investment, lower overhead type business that's still very scalable, which means uh, it could be a fantastic opportunity. So very excited to have Curtis take us on kind of a deep dive of the Hello Garage business model you know, they're part of a larger organization, which Curtis does a great job explaining the many benefits that come with that to Hello Garage franchisees. So definitely uh, tune in for the whole episode. Don't miss anything because Curtis has a ton of good information to share with us. So with that, let's go ahead and drop in with Curtis Kammerer of Hello Garage. All right. Hey, what's up? Path to Freedom listeners. Got a Awesome episode teed up today. I'm joined by Curtis Kammerer. Uh, Curtis is the Vice President of Business Development for Hello Garage and Support Works. He'll tell us a little bit more about the organization and how they're structured, but Hello Garage is a franchise brand that uh, I became familiar with probably about a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, and absolutely love the brand, love the business model. So, Curtis, really appreciate you dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast to share a little bit more with us about Hello Garage. Wes, it's great to be here. What an honor. I got to say, you don't look drowsy one bit after having that three-week-old. <laughs> yeah. So, you're wide well, awake. I'm, no, I'm just highly caffeinated. Um, <laughs> and, and I think my body's just adjusting to, to going on very little sleep because we have a 15-month-old too, right? So, it wasn't that long ago that we... Uh, you know, went through this uh, for the the second time. So, um, yeah. yeah, but appreciate you making time to be here and being flexible. We had to reschedule because uh, had to go into the hospital and have a baby, which came a couple of weeks early. So here we are. Um, happy to to have you on and excited to talk more about Hello Garage. So for those that that are not familiar with you, maybe just give us kind of a brief introduction, a little bit about what your role is today, and and even you know maybe a little bit of the backstory and and how you find yourself in the role that you're in today. Yeah, because it is it it is interesting, you know, where Hello Garage like kind of came from. Yeah, because uh, it, it is a relatively new name mm-hmm. in terms of our corporate store didn't even exist three years ago. That's when we started it, right? And so yeah. it's a relatively new name. Uh, but that's born out of a company called SupportWorks that is born out of a company called Thrasher. And it's probably helpful if I just quickly state what that is. First of all, I've yeah. been with the, I'm in my 12th year here with the whole organization. And uh, I started in the sales organization of our local home services contractor. And that's a company called Thrasher, that name I mentioned. And that's yep. because the family that owns it, their last name is Thrasher. And so they um, uh, started back in 75 uh, home services business that really focused on waterproofing basements, fixing foundations in homes that have cracks and settling and things like that, concrete outside that's unlevel and getting it leveled back up. Mm -hmm. And now we do other, a few other things, you know, we put gutters on homes and do some different stuff. Um, And that was in 75 that started in 2008, they had learned a lot 
mostly from making a lot of mistakes and said, wow, I think we could help other contractors in our industry run a better business. And we can sell them a lot of products that we have helped develop. Some we have patents on methods, things like that. So then we started this company called support works and we're more than a distributor. We, we sell, you know, the products to waterproof basements, fixed foundations, you know, that sort of thing and, and level concrete. But more than that, we started helping these contractors run a good business. Don't make these mistakes. Here's how you hire. Here's how you uh, set up your appointment center. Here's how you do sales. Here's how you run a production crew. Here's how you set up a service department, accounting. Yeah. And we have experts in all that. And uh, so that's 2008. Well, then about uh, five years ago, we got this idea about uh, opening a franchise in another home services space. We landed on garages, which you and I can talk about why that's such a great uh, industry to be in. Definitely. And Hello Garage was started with first the corporate store and then... Um, you know, our uh, adding franchisees, which started back in about, oh, November of 2020, November of 2020, started adding our first franchisees. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the the background on kind of the, the different companies and the evolution to the point of having Hello Garage and, and that being a franchise opportunity, because it's important to understand. And, and it's interesting. It really is because it's not it's not necessarily the the traditional, you know, path to. A, a franchise brand uh, emerging, but it sounds to me like Support Works was really almost, in some ways at least, acting as a franchisor to you know a lot of these home service contractors, and and I'm assuming this was nationwide. They were they were kind of supporting different home service contractors all over the country. Is that is that correct? Yeah, we yeah we've got about 150 of these other contractors all, and they are all around the country and even up in Canada. Uh, oh, wow. do okay. the foundation repair and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, we, it's funny. You look back and we say, uh, you know, like our concrete repair, uh, you know, products and services we provide foundation repair, you know, back in 2008, I think had we just known better and <laughs> been smarter, we might've set it up as a franchise, right. um, but it was set up as a dealer network, we call mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and it's fine. It works great. Yeah. But I think it was more just a lack of, well, we don't, even, we don't know what franchising is and we, you know, we weren't ready to do it. And so we built this, uh, but it did position us wonderfully to have, we require now, we, you know, we have, like, we know a lot about supply chain. We know a lot about, uh, you know, getting product purchased and, and having multiple vendors and uh, not running out of stuff. And then all the experts on those gears that I mentioned, we call it gears of the business machine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so all that's in place to just say, okay, now start helping people that want to have a garage renovation franchise. Well, and and that's, I think, very important for the listeners to to understand, right? Because if you just look at Hello Garage and, and how long that company's been around and how long it's been a franchise opportunity, uh, you know, and you guys have had really good growth and, and we can get into, you know, kind of where you are today, um, you know, here in a minute. But, you know, it, it's an emerging brand, right? When you look at it that way, right? And there's a lot of emerging brands out there. And for a lot of people, they look at an emerging franchise brand and their their first instinct is to say, well, that's inherently more risky than getting involved with a more mature brand. But when you understand some of the backstory here that, you know, support works has been around for far longer than hello garage has, they've been supporting all of these businesses across the country. And so many of the same ways that a franchisor should be supporting their franchisees, you know, that's got to give someone 
a lot more confidence in, you know, while yes, it is still technically emerging, that experience, that know-how, there's a lot of learning that's happened over the years that really puts Hello Garage in a, in a good place. And, and that's something I spend a lot of time talking with candidates about that I work with. It's like, look, there's a lot of emerging brands out there that come out of parent companies or partnerships that have a lot of experience in supporting franchisees just because the brand itself hasn't been around for, for a long time doesn't mean that it's necessarily that much riskier of an opportunity. Yeah, I certainly hope people would realize that, you know, we're based out of Nebraska here. And so we'd like to say this ain't our first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now we're humble enough to know, like, we don't know everything. Right. And sure. uh, in the same way we made mistakes back in the seventies and eighties on that business, we've made mistakes on hello garage. Right. But at least now we, we are pretty skilled at fixing those fast and uh, moving in the right direction. I do think it provides the best of both worlds if people are willing to look at it that way in terms of an emerging brand out of an enterprise. Yeah. And so well, the positives of emerging brand are, you know, territory availability, uh, getting in on the ground floor, um, just all the things that come with not having to squeeze in on a brand that's been around for 20 years. Exactly. Number one, you know, but you get the benefits. Uh, so, but you also get the benefits of one that's been around for a long time in terms of, like I say, I mean, we've got a 60,000 square foot warehouse that we know how to manage. We know how to get product. We know how to help people run a great business. And really, I mean, uh, again, I'm going to try not to be too, you know, arrogant and cocky here because humble, being humble is one of our core values here. Yeah. But the fact is, is that uh, I know some brands that have been around for an awful long time in just talking with other franchisees. And unfortunately, the support just isn't there. So yeah. I'd rather go with a new brand that's got my back every single step of the way than an older one that is, you know, not there for me. Totally agree. And, and I mean, I think you put it well that, you know, there is kind of a best of both worlds scenario with this. And, and that's another conversation I have all the time, right. Is because, you know, for me to be comfortable working with more of an emerging brand, these are exactly the types of things I'm looking for, right. Leadership teams that have experience prior to, to this one franchise brand, you know, more resources, uh, you know, really good support in place. And, you know, you don't have to give any specific numbers, but uh, I think it is worth, you know, noting from what I understand, Thrasher and, and Support Works, I mean, these are pretty large organizations at this point, which means a lot of resources behind the whole Hello Garage franchise system and every individual franchisee. Well, yeah, I mean, Thrasher, we call it our, our local contractor, like that business still exists. We still fix homes, go out as a contractor and fix homes. Um, but that's expanded, you know, into now, you know, five different states around the Midwest. Oh, wow. And, okay. and it's, you know, over a hundred million dollar company yeah. uh, in and of itself. Um, SupportWorks has been so fortunate to grow from 2008 into the largest, you know, company of its kind. And, you know, also is well over that uh, revenue number um, as a business of its own. Yeah. And so, you know, these are big companies. Um, we place a lot of emphasis on culture. And, and, you know, a few years back, we even sat down and we, we locked in our culture because with growth, you can really 
uh, put that at risk. Yeah. So we really want to pay attention to our culture every day. But the one big thing that I think is important, maybe for your listeners to understand and look for in other companies, we're totally bought into something called Evergreen. And that's with a capital E and they can Google what an Evergreen company is. I won't bore them with it right here. But the basics are is that we're not making something for an exit plan. Yeah. We have a three-year plan and even a 20-year plan. And actually, our goal is to be here and be a thriving business that's helping consumers and business owners 100 years from now. Wow. And so uh, our goal is to remain private. Our goal is to uh, put people over profits and our goal, but you got to have profits, you know, to be able to do that. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I think that's an interesting model. And again, they can uh, look up what does it mean to be an evergreen company and learn a little bit more about what we're about. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. And it's very important, right? Because culture is huge. And this is a conversation I also have frequently is because a lot of people, when they first start researching franchises, they're very focused on the numbers and and the numbers have to make sense, right? I mean, most people are not looking to invest in a franchise business to break even or, or certainly not to lose money. So So the numbers are important. But, you know, I really try to help them understand the importance of culture and making sure that you are getting involved with a franchise where it's going to be a good culture fit all the way around. Because when that, when that aligns, there's so many benefits, many of them may be less tangible, but there's so many benefits that come with being involved in a franchise where it's, it's a intentional culture that's been built from the franchise or down, but it's also a good fit for you as, as a franchisee. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you guys are very open about the long-term vision I think is important too, because in this day and age, you know, private equity and other investors are always looking for franchise organizations to acquire. And for many people that do launch franchise brands, that's the goal, right? And sometimes that goal is only five to seven to 10 years down the road from the time they launch it. Their, their goal is to build it and sell it. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you invest in a franchise business, it's a partnership, right? And so, you know, you're putting some trust in the leadership of that company. And, you know, for some of these brands, the leadership may not be the same from the time you sign your agreement to the time it's it's time to renew. So um, that's that's definitely, I think, important for, for listeners and anyone, you know, researching the Hello Garage franchise opportunity to understand. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. 
The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at pathtofreedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. You know, you mentioned something earlier in, in kind of explaining how Hello Garage came to be um, that, you know, after doing some research, SupportWorks landed on garages as the industry that they wanted to, to build their first franchise brand in. So tell us a little bit about why garages and, and at the same time, maybe give us a little more of an overview of the, the types of services and products that Hello Garage is, is actually providing. Yeah, I'm sure people, yeah, this far into it, they might be going, so what is Hello Garage exactly? <laughs> They've already Googled start. it. They've already Googled it. Well, that, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so let me uh, let me just start by, you know, our, our kind of our number one go-to and where a lot of the uh, leads start from and the appointments generate uh, is people wanting a garage floor coating. Mm -hmm. And a typical name for that, they say, I want an epoxy floor in my garage. Yeah. And so we do that. Now we don't use epoxy. That's kind of a generalized term these days, like Xerox or Kleenex, but sure. we have a a, a better way, we, we think. Uh, uh, well, we know, but it is a better way and we use a different product. So flooring, then you've got uh, cabinets, really cool, uh, specific to us. We have our own made. Nobody else can get them. You're not going to go to Costco or someplace and get anything even close to it, yeah. uh, let alone like it. So cabinets and then storage options uh, for hanging stuff on the walls. Then a lot of nice accessories like a cool vacuum system, better lighting, uh, screen doors for the garage, overhead storage, all that sort of thing. That's what we do. So come into the garage, make it look really cool. Our market is not probably like if you've seen the ads for um, the super slick red, you know, bright red cabinets and a Ferrari parked in the garage and stuff. I mean, there's a market for that. But that's it's not that big a market, really. Yeah. Um, I only I only got uh, you know like two guys that I know that have a Ferrari. Right? Yeah, so, it's not your your typical homeowner that's going to be in the market for that kind of a garage. Yeah. So we're hitting the middle of the market. Um, yeah. The people are just sick of all the kids stuff everywhere and it looking dirty and smelling bad. Yeah. So that's what we do now. So how we got into this and why we thought, well, man, this is a really good thing. And it's so cool how sometimes life works, right? Because you got to think about the whole 2020 thing and the pandemic and we're sitting there scratching our heads going, geez, what did we do and all this stuff, but it's really worked out well. So, uh, like I said, a number of years ago, we sat down and said, maybe we should do this. The funnel was wide of things we could look into that mm -hmm. we could get into. We had some criteria for where we thought we could bring our skills and really help. So some things got cut pretty quickly in terms of it's just a commodity out there. There's not much margins in it. 
Um, there's really no product to create or differentiate. Yep. Maybe the industry really didn't need redefining, which by the way, is our purpose. So we wake up every morning because we want to redefine our industry, do something different than everybody else and better. So that helped narrow it. So with our product development team and our executive team, we sat down and started whittling it down and it came to garages. And a couple of the big just key points here would be it's a multi-billion dollar industry already and growing uh, by a pretty good percentage. Um, there is no national player. There's a yeah. few smaller regional players, but when you think of garages, no name really pops in your head. Well, we're going to be that name. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so when people think of uh, pest control and Terminex or Windows and Pella or, you know, whatever else, when they think about we should do something with our garage at a minimum, the name that will come to mind will be Hello Garage yep. here in a, few, in a few years. So there's no national player. The other thing that's kind of cool is if you were to walk around a, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this right around March Madness time. If you were to walk around a basketball arena and ask every single person in that arena, are you satisfied with your garage? 100% of the people with garages would say no, unless they've already done something, right? Unless they fixed yep. it up. But nobody's satisfied with it. And um, probably the last thing is, is that when they call people, because we did a lot of our own secret shopping, and it's a competitive market here in Omaha, Nebraska, believe it or not, very competitive. And so we did some secret shopping. It's just not a great experience what you get today. Um, yeah. So it was ripe for redefining. So man, you put all that together. Now throw in the stuff we had no control over. All of a sudden, people are investing a lot in their homes. All of a sudden, people want more space, even if things are normalizing, thank goodness, right now. But they're saying, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just keep a fitness space in my garage. Maybe yeah, I'll sure. have uh, my hobby out there or a little home office thing or, you know. So that has accelerated things to our benefit. People are doing that. And the last thing I'll say is I think we're on the cusp. I'm feeling it where... A, Five-ish years ago, even certainly 10, it was very normal that a garage is unfinished. Mm -hmm. I know the houses I've built have progressively, the garage has been more and more finished. The first one yeah. I built was just wood, wood studs, nothing. Well, we're on a tipping point where it's becoming more abnormal than normal to not have a garage at least semi-finished. Yeah. And that's helping us that people view it. So that in that sense, competition is great because people are starting to see it as normal. Like we need to do something here. We, you can't leave the garage looking like this. Yeah, I think it's, I would compare it because I was sharing with you before we started recording one of the franchises we own, we do custom pullout shelving and custom closet systems. And, you know, looking at those two product lines, custom closet systems, I think have, have are maybe a little further ahead in terms of just awareness and becoming more of a, a norm that. Yeah. And so I think, you know, garages are quickly following that, right. Where, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago, not nearly as many people even knew that you could, you know, pay someone to come in and customize your closet and give you, you know, better use of that space. Whereas now it's, I think just, people know that's an option and, and it's become more and more normal to, to be willing to spend the money to have that space really set up the way that you want to be able to use it. And I mean, I think, I think I've heard you guys mention this on, you know, webinars that I've been a part of, but I know at my house, you know, the front door gets used much less than the door coming in from the garage. And I would imagine that's fairly normal for most households. Do you think that plays a role into it as well? I think even if people don't consciously know it, right, they subconsciously, and certainly we like to bring it to their attention. So we even have the tagline, 
it's America's new front door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, not, maybe not or true front door, America's true front door. Um, and, and it is, it's kind of sad, right? When I, when I, <laughs> I went out, by the way, when we started this up a year and a half ago or more, or, you know, uh, like the Omaha store, yeah. I guess that'd be two, two and a half years. I'm sorry. Um, I was, I was the one I went out, I ran the first leads. I ran the first about 50 appointments. Oh, wow. Okay. Hone it in. Cause we, we worked that way. Right. And I wanted to understand the business. I wanted to see how it, how is this going to work? And so I ran appointments of the first few and I continue every once in a while I can get out on an appointment because we want to be boots on the ground with that. Well, anyway, um, when I would talk to people and they, their eyes would kind of open up when we'd say this, but I'd say, you know, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Like you have, most people have a mortgage. You're paying a lot of money to live in this home. You've got this beautiful front entryway and occasionally a friend gets to come over who doesn't pay a dime for your house and they get to see that beautiful front entryway. Otherwise you're never there, but every single day you're leaving and coming home to the ugliest part of your home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the worst part of your house and that's what you treat yourself to. And uh, people's eyes would kind of open up there. Well, it's so true when you think about it that way. I mean, literally, as as we've been talking for the last couple of minutes, my wife pulled in the driveway. My office is above the garage here here at the house. Garage door open. She and whichever kid she has with her now coming in through the garage door. So it's it's very true. Right. And um, it, it, there's a lot of reasons, I think, that that this is a good business. And, and I think you just gave us a really good or a good industry to be in, I should say. And I think you just gave us a good, good recap of that. But, you know, it's one of the reasons I personally love service franchise brands, especially in an industry where there are not multiple dominant players. You're going to have competition, sure, but you're going to have primarily smaller local independent companies um, that, that probably just don't have the resources and the systems and processes in place that a franchise like Hello Garage is going to have. And, and all that at the end of the day leads to a better client experience, right? Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's benefits to the franchise owner and all of that as well. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to creating a better client experience. So um, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the actual Hello Garage franchise model, right? So I just mentioned systems and processes. Um, first of all, because I know this is probably a, a misconception that you guys run into fairly often. I, I know I do. Talk to me a little bit about what type of franchise owners you guys are looking for. Like what's a day in the life or a week in the life of a franchise owner look like, especially once they've kind of got the business established a bit? Um, are they are they in garages talking to people or, or what is kind of the, the role of the owner meant to look like in this business? Yeah, you know, it's pretty varied uh, okay. and we want to be as upfront with people as possible, depending on their dream of where they're trying to get to by being a franchise owner, or business owner, just to let them know, like, what's it going to take at the start? Yeah. What can it look like eventually and what's it take to get there and that sort of thing? Because, as you know, some people are buying a um, an investment, really and uh, looking to not be too involved, but yep. put their money into something that can grow and maybe they pass down. Some people are buying a job mm -hmm. um, and that's their goal. Um, you know, So uh, here's what I would say is that we're very clear about if you come into this and you haven't run a business before, we definitely wanna make sure people know that starting a bit, there's a reason not everybody owns a business. Starting a business is hard work. And it takes passion. Now, it can be very fun if you're yeah. passionate about it. Very fun. But let's make no mistake. It's going to be hard work. It's a grind. It's a hustle every day. 
And until every single person really in your community, in your territory that you buy, until every single person in that territory has a reason to recommend your business, then you keep hustling. That's right. Now, if you don't want to do that hustle or, or as much of it, then you have to say, well, what's, what do I have to pay somebody to have the passion necessary to do that grind and have that hustle? Yep. And as long as you and there are people out there like that, right? Uh, whether you give them a little equity or you just, they just, they're, they're wired that way, but finding them, you know, so finding the right GM. So we've got yeah, people, we sure. both uh, uh, owner operator and semi-absentee come in. The one thing okay. we would just say is we love at the get go. Number one, we love somebody that is willing to, uh, you know, the commitment of not having a W2 that they're going to keep uh, really, I, I hate to like cut out <laughs> from our possible pool of people, but it's hard to have a full-time W-2 if you're going to treat that employer like they probably need to be treated and get this going. I think yeah. that's hard. Agreed. So, yeah. Yeah. So. It's, but so, you know, this is, this is an option for someone that, you know, maybe they have another business or they've just got oh, yeah. some other responsibilities. Right. So they're not like, Hey, I've got, you know, 40, 50 hours a week to be, you know, the, the person making every single thing happen. And, right. and, and I would venture to say from what I know about the model, regardless of how an owner starts it, right? Whether they're fully involved as an owner operator or starting it in more of a semi-absentee capacity, the, the model's designed to scale, right? So over time, the owner should be, you know, phasing themselves out of the day-to-day, at least some, right? Not, not trying to be a bottleneck to keep the business from growing, building out a team, managing a team. But to your point, um, And I think in most of these service-based franchises, it's tough to say, hey, I'm going to hire a manager and I'm going to put, you know, a couple hours a week in and and that's about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you find that right person, that rock star, you know, GM or operations manager, maybe, but it is tough to find those people and, and you probably need to be willing to give them a piece of the pie so that they've got you know, the right motivations to go out there and really build the business. Um, so I, I think so it's important, like you said, that someone has realistic expectations for, you know, what's going to be expected or required of them to get the type of results they're, they're probably looking for, um, you know, versus talk about your question. Let me, let me get to what that looks like. Though, yeah. You know, yeah. Please. I don't think I answered that, but is um, you, 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 the two key jobs here are sales in the home and then installing it. Sales is obviously just one person can do that. And then an install crew is two people. And okay. uh, so we call that the dream team and the salesperson is the garage guru, right? So the garage guru role. So what we love is an owner that is able and, and willing to come in and say, I'll do one of those two roles to kick it off. Okay. So I'll go run the first appointments for a few, you know, few months, maybe up to a year even, um, or I'll run the crew. I'll be the, I'll be the foreman with a second. And I've got a salesperson that I, I got this person that can sell now sales. The thing is like, sales is important. So you got to have somebody that can go sell in the home. So we love when somebody wants to do one of those two things, they really learn the business. And then relatively quickly, the idea is let's just say you start in sales, which I think is a great place for them to start. Yeah. Once you get up where, you know, you've got, you know, 10 or 12 sales appointments a week, I didn't leave much time to run the business. So, I mean, you, at that point, then you're looking for your second salesperson. And then you're shortly after that, looking to start set up your second crew. Yeah. And so then it just continues to grow. And, you know, the idea is that 
in say a three territory market or something like that. I mean, you grow that thing into a four or five crew, four or five salespeople running around, you know, depending maybe even more. And of course the owners moved into either that GM role or a much more like at that point it's spending off enough cash. You, yeah. you could hire, hire a GM and go, go hit the beach. Right. I don't know, but. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good way to break it down. And, um, very, very similar, uh, from, from how we started our shelving franchise, right? So my wife dove all in, you know, she ran every sales appointment for at least the first six months. And she really just kind of learned it and, you know, kind of mastered it. But, you know, we knew coming into it that, you know, we weren't buying her a job, right? We wanted to build something bigger than us. And so, you know, she pretty quickly into it, hired her first salesperson, right? We always had, uh, you know, people doing the installs for us, but, you know, you fast forward today and she's got, you know, five people on her sales team. We've got, you know, seven or eight installers and it's a seven figure plus business. And she'll, she'll run a sales appointment here and there because she enjoys it. And she thinks it keeps her close to the business. And that interaction with the clients is helpful, but more than anything, she's coaching and managing the team. And, and then it frees her up to do bigger picture stuff, right? Business development, strategic partnerships, things of that nature. Um, so I, I think that's a really good way to think about it, um, in terms of, you know, what does that role look like for the owner? If they're building the business, right, that role should evolve over time. And their you know, number of hours, like out in the field running, you know, appointments or doing installs should, should be decreasing over time. Um, but I think you explained it. It sounds like it's almost exactly like yeah. That. It's I think the the business models from what I know about them are similar. So let's talk a little bit about the the sales appointment, right? So this is like an in home or in garage consultation, right? So you know the the sales guru is going or the sorry the garage guru is going out to you know meet with a prospective client at their home. Um, so how how are they getting in front of prospective clients? I'm assuming they're not going door to door like, hey, can I peek at your garage real quick. I'm assuming there's a pretty targeted outbound marketing and advertising program that results in these warm leads and warm appointments. But tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. Well, we certainly love the boots on the ground, like go, go get a lead any way you can, right? Hell so if yeah. you want to put yard signs out or you wanted to go door to door and knock on doors and say, it looks like your garage doesn't look so good, like do it. But we certainly have a much more robust program than that. So yeah. we, um, we uh, really feel good about how we market. And if people have already looked at us, they've seen our branding. We think it's very unique and it strikes the middle between male, female and the decision makers in the home. And so it really starts from all that. We run our own national um you know, website and pages, and then we set up their local website and pages. And we do the traditional, you know, pay-per-click, SEO, all the things that we can do. And we're tracking cost per lead, cost per lead. So, I mean, there's that. We get a lot of leads through uh, digital, right? Yeah. So the digital marketing is big and we want to, we rank very well on search and we work with the same company that has helped all of the, our dealers, we call them our contractors on that foundation side. Yeah, they've worked with us for a long time and they really know how to get leads in the home service market. They also represent Hello Garage. Okay. So there's that. And then you're, we do the Facebook and the social and we've got all the templates and everything to do that. We really ask the owner to do a lot of what we call widgets. So be adding that content, like take responsibility for the photos or getting customer uh, testimonials and stories and you know, adding that to help drive more leads. Well, once those leads come in, 
Our goal is to take and say you get 100 leads that month. We want to. Uh, we have a national appointment center, and so those leads are coming to us in terms of if they come through Facebook or social or something like that, and or if they got it from going to a show or something like that, a home show, they would enter that in the CRM, and our national appointment center will then call, and we set those appointments. Yep. And our goal is to convert uh, 70 out of those 100 into an in-home appointment. Okay? Love so it. we want a conversion. We want a conversion rate there of that 70. percent And then we would like to train you and offer you our sales software the tool that we have, which is called Garage View, which helps show customers what they're going to get and some videos and design it and all that. Um, we really want to close. Our number we, that we preach is 40%, right? So 40% of the 70. So let's just call it 30, 35. Uh, I would like it to be closer to 50. And I think it can. Yeah, uh, it right? definitely can. Yeah. And so just follow what we say and uh, yeah. let, the, let the process do the work. And so then, you know, so 100 leads came in, we're going to get 35 sales, right? And so that's how it looks. Now, as far as that in-home appointment, yeah, we've got all that mapped out. Um, we, we give you like customer messaging to practice and say, uh, you don't have to feel scripted or anything, but the fact is if you run a, you know, 50 garage appointments this month, you're going to be saying a lot of the same things over and over. You might as well have it dialed in and nailed and know how to communicate it. Well, um, just like an actor on stage doing the same play over yeah. and over every night. Right. Yeah. And uh, then we've got the software that helps build that proposal. The customer checks what they want. We print a proposal, a bid right there. And our goal is to close at the kitchen table. Um, and get that job right then and there. Yeah. So a couple things that that I'll highlight there that that I just know from my own experience are are hugely valuable, you know, to Hello Garage franchisees as well as their clients, right? So it's this, you know, sophisticated approach to marketing, the good branding, the appointment center, that's a game changer, right? In a business like this where you are doing a fair amount of outbound marketing and advertising, that results in inbound leads it's up to the franchisee to, to take those calls themselves and try to convert those leads or have to hire, uh, train and manage someone to do that for them. The results I can guarantee you will be nowhere near as good as what a, a good, you know, appointment center is going to be able to generate. Um, and then it's the, the in-home process, right? Actually having a dialed in process. I mean, how many homeowners have had terrible experiences with someone coming out to look at part of their house? And it's just, there is no process. They don't show up on time. You know, they, they, they're almost kind of like waiting on you to, to, you know, guide them when it's like, it's your business. You should have a process. Like, you know, what do we need to do to, to figure out, you know, if there's some options or not, the technology, the garage view technology, all of that comes together for a far superior client experience than, you know, if they call, Joe's garage company, you know, to, to come out and, and take a look at it. And, and that is a perfect example of why, you know, a, a well-built home service franchise uh, is so appealing to so many people because it's just going to put the franchise owner in a position to, to far exceed their clients' expectations. And that's going to result in repeat business referrals, good testimonials, all of that. Um, so I, I love, you know, hearing these types of examples and, um, you know, I, I can just see from what you're sharing and what I know about the business, it's, it's streamlined, right. For, for the franchise owners. And, uh, you know, that makes their life a lot easier when it comes to actually building the business and then continuing to, to manage it ongoing. It is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our goal is to redefine our industry 
And that sounds really lofty. And then, you know, people say, well, kind of like, what's the secret sauce to Hello Garage? There's all this competition out there, this sort of thing. And really we say, well, what we feel like we really do great is the blocking and tackling. Yeah. We do answer the, we yeah. answer the phone. We set an appointment in a professional way. We send you out some information about our company. When we say we're going to be there, guess what? We're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. When we yeah. show up, we, uh, we actually can, we actually give you a price and we actually give you the opportunity to buy. We actually ask you to buy. Uh, some people don't even ask. What me a concept. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What right. a concept, but but it's, it's so true, right? I mean, if you just answer the phone in these types of businesses, you're, you're doing better than probably the majority of your competition where people aren't having to call back a second time or wait for you to call back. Um, and, and I think it's like, you know, you mentioned you guys have some proprietary products, right? And I'm sure they're better quality and, and there are some differences, but, you know, you're probably not like totally doing garages differently i think so much of it right. does come back to that that client experience that you're giving you combine that with a better quality product then you know the the competition and i just did air quotes for those not watching the competition is not not going to be able to keep up with that and my guess would be it's more expensive than a lot of the other options out there right and you are going to have those clients those homeowners that probably are just looking for the least expensive way to get it done. And, and those are probably just not your clients. Right. Um, but it sounds to me like everything hello garage is built, puts their franchise owners in a position where they can target the right types of clients that are going to have the money and the desire to work with a professional reputable company to come in and just provide a good experience a all the way to Z. And the best thing about that for the franchise owner is, they don't have to be in a business where their only competitive advantage is being the the lowest price because that's not a business that that most people want to find themselves in. Yeah, if your sales approach is lower the price, that's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> you're, you're screwed. That, that's most people's sales approach. But yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's true. We we are um, we're going to be at the higher end of the middle market. Like I say, yeah. we're, we're not that Ferrari garage like sure. those. You know, but we're at the higher end of that um, mid mid market thing. You're, you're never going to have to apologize for uh, your products. They will always be the the best possible. So in terms of how you know the steel and the, the cabinet strength and the flooring quality. But that said, because of that emerging over enterprise, you know we're definitely able, like I mentioned, the size of our warehouse and things like that, and our kind of our skill in uh, product acquisition and supply chain. Just one example is, I mean, steel has gone through the roof lately and, mm -hmm. you know, we saw that coming quite a bit. Now it helped to be in the steel business on the other side of our business too. Our contractors use steel to fix foundations, but okay. we saw that coming and we were able to place a large like order. Uh, no other, your basic franchise would have never bought what we bought, Yeah, but we were able to do that. And we had the warehouse space to put it so that we could mitigate then the price increases. So now don't get me wrong. We had a small price increase here uh, very recently, which it was really small, but our franchisees had a lot more runway than other garage people doing garages and putting in cabinets because their prices went up immediately and we were still selling at the old price. Right? Yeah. So it uh, really helped with bringing in business and, uh, and able to help them there. And then just can't stress enough, like you were saying about the, the appointment center, we really enjoyed being able to do that for 
I think a lot of people getting into maybe business for the first time don't understand just how much time they might spend setting an appointment because people don't pick up the phone the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's time consuming. We got that for you. All you do is see on your calendar, boom, there's an appointment. And then the, the other thing that you mentioned that is super key is, yeah, SEO and the digital marketing and the social marketing, all the things we do. But because of the experience that we provide quickly, we want referrals to ramp up to at least like a number two on your, where you get your leads from yep. and eventually to be your number one source of leads yeah. over everything. Which is better for your bottom line. You know, the, the sooner you get to that, then, you know, your bottom line is going to be stronger, the more referral business you have coming in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful business model. Um, and sounds like you guys have got it, got it built right. And, and you'll just continue adding more support and more resources for, for your franchisees. And, you know, your point about, you know, it sounds like you guys are almost vertically integrated in some ways where your franchisees aren't having to purchase through a bunch of, of middlemen. And, and that is a huge advantage um, because it is going to keep their costs of goods lower. And, um, you know, than it would be if they were having to go outside, you know, to, to get their, their products from someone else and, um, you know, having some of that control, over the supply chain, um, especially in the last year, year and a half, I'm sure has been been a massive advantage for for the franchisees. So, um, you know, uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, so you said late 2020 was when Hello Garage kind of started offering franchise opportunities. So we're recording this in March of 2022. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, where is Hello Garage today? approximately how many franchisees this is a territory-based model so you know how many territories and and then talk to me a little bit about you know what you think the next two years five years ten years is going to look like for for hello garage yeah so it has been exciting we've been very fortunate um but we have 40 franchisees at the moment individual franchisees and that's spanning about across about a hundred and 30, 35 territories. I don't know wow. the exact number today. Sure. But 100, 130, 35 territories. So we hear that's good. Uh, we're very happy with that. We are very, very, uh, want to be very, very careful about being able to grow our support because that's really, we hang our hat on that at the same rate that we add franchisees. So really um, the goal I have in front of me for this year is only another 35. Um, we're not looking to add another hundred. I think I could, <laughs> but um, we really, you know, 30, 35 would be great. We might get up around 40. We'll see how many uh, we add this year, but we want to be able to just grow it really carefully. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. which is smart, right? You and I talked offline a little bit about that. And, and I think it's smart to, you know, not, not try to grow too fast. Big part of that is so that you can make sure your support's keeping up with the growth, but um so, so it sounds like, though, from some of the numbers you just shared and understand those are approximate numbers, but it sounds like the probably the majority of your franchisees are what I would call multi-territory or multi-unit owners. So they probably own two, three, maybe four territories. Is that is that accurate? We think that's good for them. For most people, what they want out of this, um, that's the size of a you know market that you're going to want to, unless like we said, if you're buying a job, you can probably get one territory in a small yeah. area and you're going to work it and that's your thing and you love it and you're doing great. But yeah, if you're, if you're trying to build a business, you know, two to four territories is really nice, man. You can make a nice business, not have to be involved every day. 
Um, so we right now range from, we do have single territory people, just a hand, just not many at all. And up to, I think 10 might be our largest. Okay. Yeah. As a 10 pack. Um, and they all fall kind of within there, but yeah, three to four is the average. That's a real nice looking business right there. Yeah. It's, that seems to be kind of the sweet spot for a lot of these service brands. And, and there's a lot of reasons for, you know, a franchise owner that it makes sense to go ahead and, you know, start with multiple territories because, you know, this Hello Garage is a model where you don't need like real estate space, right? This is not a right. brick and mortar concept. I'm sure as the business grows, it's probably advantageous to have maybe a little bit of space, some some warehouse space, maybe a little bit of office space if you do have a manager or something like that. But uh, the way I understand it and, and tell me if if I'm incorrect here, you don't need any any sort of a location to start this business. Um, is that right. is that accurate? Even even our you know cabinets and all that stuff they come packaged flat, right? So wow, I mean, okay, you, so they don't take up a ton of space. No, you can stack that stuff. There's really nothing, and then the flooring comes in five gallon buckets, right? All the materials you need there and everything. And so we have a lot of people that start in the like third bay of their three car garage. Yeah, and uh, yeah, or you, you can, can rent a storage unit if you needed to, you know. We have um, people doing storage unit, and then yeah, some of the larger ones have gone and actually you know rented a little bit more of like a bay somewhere yeah. and you can have an office and storage in that same unit so yeah so so when you understand that right i mean there's there's not uh as much of an initial capital outlay as there are for you know any any sort of a franchise that is going to be centered around a brick and mortar location so you know it's not like hey if i'm going to start with one territory or three ter territories my initial investment is going to triple if i start with three you'll have yeah. some additional cost right you'll probably want to have a little more working capital, maybe a little bit larger of a marketing budget to get started. But that's that's a big reason for these service-based brands that you do see a lot of people, especially the ones that have a goal of building a larger business. It just makes sense to start with, with multiple territories. Um, and then you have more, more market to go out and develop and, and build a larger business. Um, talk to me a little bit about you know, how this thing cash flows, because I know that's a, a question that's top of mind for a lot of people that I'm working with. Based on what I know about my shelving business, I would imagine this business cash flows really well. But um, talk to me a little bit about what that typically looks like for your franchise owners. Uh, well, it is important to get, you know, at the start, you mentioned like marketing. Um we love to get that flywheel spinning fast. And so yeah. a large percentage of your revenue is going to go to marketing in the first like, three, four months. And then after three, four or five months, it should start to come down, 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 down. And so as we get that down, and of course you can, the more boots on the ground, do shows, go to car shows, go to, go to farmer's markets, you know, get your name out there, the quicker that'll happen. Yeah. Once we start to get that to happen, um, then it really boils down to is the owner early on doing one of those two roles that I mentioned? Are they being the foreman and helping actually do the work or are they out doing sales? And if they're at least doing one of those roles early on, then you've got you know cash uh, at the end. Now, we love spinning that back into more marketing. Yeah. Uh, but if they need, you know, whatever they want to do with the cash flow, then they can do that. And you know, you can look at the item 19. I'd rather not, I don't even know. I get, you know, I get yeah, worried about what I'm able to say, but I don't need to get into any of that. Um, yeah. You know, more from a cash flow perspective, more of what I'm, I was, you know, kind of thinking when I mentioned that, right, is, you know, you don't have a lot of the overhead expenses oh, that you have in yeah. many businesses, right? You don't have as much fixed overhead. 
it sounds to me like you're not having to order a bunch of inventory. You're probably more ordering your product after you've already uh, sold a job to a client, right? I would imagine there's a deposit of some sort that gets collected in order for the franchisee to then go order that product. So comparing that to so many other businesses out there, you know, this is a business that is set up to have pretty quick cash flow. It doesn't mean the owner's getting rich in the first, you know, couple of months or anything like that. But and and it's also, I from what I I know, a fairly large average ticket or average job amount, right? I would guess in the four to six thousand dollar range is probably what a project runs for most clients. I'm sure it it varies, yeah, but you know, you combine that low fixed overhead expenses, no inventory requirements, pretty high average ticket, especially if you are collecting some sort of a deposit up front. And then the remaining of the balance, probably I would imagine day of install or very shortly after the install is completed. That's a nice cash flow model compared to, you know, hey, I've got to spend six to nine months getting a location open building a membership base, they're all paying me a couple hundred bucks a month. So I've got to just really ramp that thing up. And, and you're looking at potentially a year plus before you even have a shot of seeing positive cash flow. So that's that's yeah, more no. of what I'm what I was kind of driving at. Um, you know, we don't I'm need to dive to into yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the item 19 will show the specific numbers. Um, you know, my listeners and the folks I work with uh, know that, you know, I'm big on validating and talking with existing franchise owners and any business you're looking at. So they're going to be able to share, you know, some of their numbers and their experience with you. But um, no, it's, it, it sounds like a really well-structured business model. Um, and, and it sounds like you've gotten off to a really good start and, and there's a really good strategy and plan in place to keep, keep building Hello Garage the right way. Um, what, what, what else what else do you think would be valuable for the listeners um you know to hear what are what are some things maybe we haven't covered that that you think would be beneficial to to make sure uh we hit on yeah well um you know sometimes we get asked about um gee you know what what about when the economy slows down and you know how does this do in slower times or even recession or things like that uh, we've had experience being in the home services industry since 75 with downtimes and um, we feel like home services and doing, uh, helping people fix their homes up is really solid during those slower econ economic times. It yeah. that tends to weather it pretty well. Uh, people will give up a lot of things, but they tend to continue to spend money on their home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, there's a lot of data, you know, there's a lot of data behind that. You can look back decades and decades to see that, you know, home services is one of those, those industries that tends to you know, really do well in a good economy, but doesn't, you know, come to a complete halt by any means in a slow economy, like, like some other industries may. Um, right. So that's, that's a great point. I think, uh, you know, hiring, hiring can be difficult depending on the business that you get in. And um, one of the cool things about this is, you know, while top salespeople are always in demand and you really can help to have top salespeople in this role, every business, you, you need sales everywhere. So, I mean, sure. that's kind of equal. What I like about the uh, production side of this is um, the type of people you might want to go out. Let's say you go and you find like we uh, guys that have been into flat work or done concrete work. They're, they're great to hit up and say, Hey, do you want to be part of this? Or, you know, depending on what kind of work the person's been in, where it's been more hands-on 
construction type work, that's probably who's going to be on your crew, right? Yeah. And um, this is a really compelling job for them. There's two big reasons. One is kind of the soft benefit of they, uh, after doing a couple of these, they realize, man, it's nice to work inside basically, <laughs> Yeah. but not, but not in a fancy home where I got to be too careful, right? I'm, but I'm out of the rain, I'm yep. out of the sun. And um, that's really cool. And then very few jobs do those kinds of people get to see a customer come out and light up and go, oh my gosh, you just changed my life. And, and they are excited when they see their garage. So that's big. And then on the other side of it, more of a hard edge uh, piece of it is we've got a really good bonus plan all worked out that we've used for years with our production crews that helps them bonus uh, based on how fast they work, coupled with their net promoter score. Okay. So is the customer is the customer happy, and how much did you get in the ground? And these guys can be done with their week by Friday morning or sometimes Thursday night, and bonus out. And you, as the owner, are super happy because they cranked out a lot of work. And yeah, you know, they, they have an incentive that if they're about done, they have an incentive to say, "Ah, let's stay till six thirty and get this done." Right? Yeah, it makes total sense. Um. I'm sure it's for the most part up to the franchisees, but is the recommendation are these guys W2 commission only a combination of those? What is, what does that look like? Yeah, we love W2. Okay. Um, it, when it comes to sales, I'm a big believer in at least some commission. The yeah. world is changing. Uh, 15 years ago, I could get away with straight commission. I think you still can today. It depends on the person, but you're probably going to have a base plus commission. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we do, but we do have some Z's that have 1099 with fine success. Yeah. Um, and and done it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think W2 is probably, probably easier. One of our businesses, it's 1099 across the board for sales and installers. And, and it definitely works. Um, and there is kind of that incentive to work efficiently, but also make sure the job gets done right the first time. And the client's very satisfied with everything, but um, you're looking for a pretty, pretty special breed of salesperson that's going to be, be a good fit for that. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, no, man, this is, this is all good stuff. Um, and I'm glad you hit on the, the hiring piece, right? Because that's something that's top of mind for everyone right now. And, you know, I, I have this conversation so many times a week, um, but it's like, look, you know, I don't care what the business is. Like if you own a business, biggest challenge you're going to have is finding and keeping good people. doesn't matter what the business is. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, coming out of COVID or, or what the timing is like, that's always a challenge and it can always be done. And it sounds like Hello Garage has some really good support mechanisms in place to help their owners know Hey, these are the roles you need to hire for. You know, this is where we've had success and other owners have had success finding people that are likely to be a good fit. And so it sounds like you're, you're able to provide some good guidance in that regard. Um, so well, look, I mean, any, anything else, I, I know there's probably a lot of people listening to this that are checking out the website. I would, I would highly recommend anyone to go to the website because you are going to see some good pictures, some good before and after pictures to get a better idea of kind of, you know, some of the different products, but um, this is a fun business. You know, you mentioned the, the installers getting to, to really kind of see the client's reaction. Um, yeah. th this is a fun business to be in. And, and, and I, I can only imagine your clients are absolutely thrilled when they finally do get to see the, the final result of their, their project. 
it, it is nice to deal with happy people and people that are in a good mood and that sort of thing. <laughs> Not every business is that way. No, and, no. Um, like I've done sales on our, you know, back 12 years ago on our uh, foundation side and every single person is unhappy about what I have to tell them. Right. Cause yeah. their home's broke and it's going to cost a lot of money to fix it. Yep. But when I go out and they're saying, you know, I think I want to do something here. I'm not exactly sure. And I start to show them what's possible and we're showing them videos and pictures and designing and what it's going to putting colors down on the floor and everybody's happy. Everybody, you know, it's just, it's fun. And, um, and we do have an approach where we get them, we centered in something we call the customer why. And our whole sales thing is just tell me the dream. Tell me why you would want to do this. Why would you want to spend this money today? And then as they start to expound, we help them paint that picture for us. Maybe we help add some color to that picture. Sure. And everybody starts to get excited and feel good about it. And um, so it's fun. I look forward to the sales appointments. I look forward to the installations. It's a business where there's a lot of happy people, you know, so. That's a great point. And, and there really is a difference, right? I mean, we have insulation and we have, you know, custom shelving. Our insulation clients are not like thrilled that they're having to get more insulation put in, right? It's not like a happy occasion, but we see that in, in our shelving business, right? I mean, our and our installers get the best of it, right? Because they are the ones there and they get asked to stay for dinner. Like, you know, they get <laughs> tips. Like, I mean, they, they really enjoy it because it is a, a fun experience for the clients. So, um, yeah. Look, man, I uh, I really appreciate you making time to do this. I know you're busy, so we'll kind of wrap this up. But um, I, I'd mentioned this to you before. I do have a lightning round, so if you can yeah. hang with me for just another minute or two, we'll kind of run through the lightning round and uh, yeah. and then we'll put a bow on this one. But um, first I'm question: nervous. I've been nervous about this. I'm ready. I'm, no, I, don't I, be nervous. Every every I'm guest nervous. that I've ever had has done the lightning round. No one's you know messed it up yet. And and the beautiful thing is, there's no right yeah. or wrong answer. It's it's just your uh, your perspective, your experience. So I don't um, need to stretch out or anything first. No, no, no need to stretch. Uh, <laughs> you can if you want to. I won't keep you from stretching. But uh, <laughs> uh, first question of the lightning round is simply: What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, the best piece of advice I've ever that received. That could be business or personal. Yeah. Life I think advice. Best, yeah. I think the best piece is 90% of success in life is just showing up. Boom. I be love that. There. That's good. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Um, so curious, uh, you know, uh, everyone I have on the show is, is successful and, and, um, you know, had a lot of success throughout their lives and careers. And, you know, I find that a lot of successful people, uh, are very intentional about their day and how they have their day structured. So I'm curious, do you have any sort of a morning routine or anything you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Right. Well, I'm up at the crack of 8.30 every morning, regardless of what. No, <laughs> I try and get up. I am a night person, though. I will tell you that. Me too. Uh, yeah. You know, I start the morning with uh, with my Lord, right? And uh, reading a little bit of the Bible. I love Proverbs. I think it's amazing that that was written however many thousands of years ago, and it talks about human beings. And we think we're so sophisticated in this day and age. We haven't changed a bit. It's still, Nothing's changed. still relevant. Yep, <laughs> it's, it is. So, like, it's speaking to me today. It's like, yep, I got that problem. Yep. yep. Um, and so I start with that and then uh, love to just... Uh, you know, get my coffee and that sort of thing. So I'm not an exercise in the morning kind of person, but I do exercise every single day, something intentional. My head doesn't hit the pillow until I exercise. So I know for most people that'd be in the morning. I call that my, 
my routine. Yeah, I, I like a good afternoon workout. It, it kind of breaks the day up for me. Um, I'll do it in the morning sometimes, but uh, and I'm a night owl. Like I get some of my best work done at night once the house is quiet and stuff. So, you know, I used to kill myself trying to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and I'll do it occasionally. But if I've had a productive night before, then I'll make sure I get enough hours of sleep. Um, so and I like it. That's why I like the question. Everyone's got something different. It's it's about finding something that works for you. Um, yeah. so, uh, not sure if you're a reader or not, you just mentioned Proverbs. That's an excellent book of the Bible, but, um, also curious if there's another book you're reading right now. Oh, um, I got about three of them on my nightstand that people have given me, but I would just say like, um, recently, I don't know about reading right now, the, the ones that I've got right now, but I would say, cause I hate to rec or you know say what I'm reading. I'm not even sure if they're good yet or not. Yeah, right? <laughs> fair enough. But um, uh, I think for the for your audience, I would say that one relatively recently, and we we hinge a lot of our business on it actually, but is the Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Okay. Um, and it'll it'll teach you a lot about hiring and who you really want on your team, especially a small team where every person has a big piece of the culture. Yeah. Like it's not it's not watered down over a hundred people. You got like five people, right? Yeah. So yeah. The ideal team player by Patrick uh, Lencioni. Um, okay. I think that's a good one. I will yeah. check that out because I, I haven't read that one yet, but, and, and that's a good point, right? I mean, having a small team compared to a large team is a very different dynamic and obviously there's pros and cons to both, but yeah, for, for most of the listeners and anyone that, that owns a franchise or thinking about owning a franchise, it sounds like that would be very relevant. So um, all right. Final question is simply, what is your definition of freedom and are you living it? It's my definition of freedom and am I living it? Ooh, that's a good question, Wes. Um, the path to freedom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, I think it's going, speaking of my head hitting the pillow, right? Before my head hits the pillow is going to bed at night and being able to know that I I did everything I could to, you know, be a good human on this earth today to try my best to do the right thing. Um, you know, if I have the opportunity during the day to be able to live that out, man, that's freedom as opposed yeah. to being in a, in a situation where I can't, I don't have the opportunity to do my best and, uh, and I'm forced to maybe do things that I really don't think are right. Um, so it's not about less work or more work. It's not about it. Was I on a beach or was I, uh, in out and digging a hole? It's really like, was I did, given the opportunity to do my best today? It's not easy to find. Uh, and when you can, then you go to bed and you feel really free because the next morning you get to get up and do it all again, even if it's hard work. Yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. And I think a beautiful way of looking at it. So, um, well, look, thank you so much for, for the time. I know how busy you are. So really appreciate you making time for this and, uh, no doubt the audience and, and everyone who listens is going to get a ton of value from it. Um, everyone listening, check out hello garage. It's an awesome, awesome business opportunity. Um, Curtis, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about hello garage if they're interested? Yeah, certainly hellogarage.com. Uh, you can certainly go to kcammerer at hellogarage.com. That's uh, two M's and two ERs on that. And it starts with a K, kcammerer at hellogarage.com. I'm happy to get your, your uh, emails directly to me and I'll get you to the right people. And Wes, you're one in a million, man. I appreciate what you're doing out here. I wish we had more people like you.
Hey, man, I'm having a blast doing it. And, uh, you know, I get to hang out with awesome people like yourself and talk about cool businesses. So it's not not exactly hard work, but but it's a lot of fun. So, um, look, Curtis, thanks again. Really appreciate you dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Thanks. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.